reasons to hope that U.S. President Joe Biden might pay a visit to Carlo. Article by Charlie Keegan. County Carlo should be included on any future planned itinerary for U.S. President Joe Biden to visit Ireland. That's the firm contention of two men with a long-held commitment to the advancement of County Carlo. Historian Martin Nevin from Lachlan Bridge and Randall Dempsey from Carlow Town. The prospect of a visit to the country's second smallest county by the 46th President of America was set in motion at the January meeting of Carlow County Council, when it was raised by Carlow's current Lord Mayor, Councillor Fergal Brown. The local authority agreed that an invitation should be issued to the new occupant of the White House. Martin Nevin and Randall Dempsey have a shared interest in the life and achievements of Carlo scientist John Tyndall, whom they describe as the world's first advocate for global warming. They contend the Lachlan Bridge native was more than 150 years ahead of his time when in 1859 Tyndall first expressed his interest in the subject of global warming and shortly afterwards published a document titled The Greenhouse Effect. They emphasise that President Biden is deeply committed to the concept of global warming, stating shortly after taking office, We can't wait any longer to address climate crisis. The new president has signed executive orders to transform the nation's heavily fossil fuel power economy into a clean burning one, pausing oil and gas leasing on federal land and targeting subsidies for those industries. Martin and Randall also hope that John Kerry, special presidential envoy for climate, would be favourably disposed to a Carlo visit for Biden, given the Tyndall connection. John Tyndall, 1820-1893, was a scientist, engineer, inventor, mountaineer and controversialist. Born in Lachlan Bridge, he attended Balnebrana School. Tyndall's teacher in Balnebrana was John Conwell, and the scientist held that any foundation for any greatness he achieved was laid in that rural County Carlow classroom. Conwell provided a strong vocational education for his pupils, delivering a practical understanding of mathematics, accountancy, surveying, English and English literature. The young Tyndall, accompanied by teacher Conwell, worked out geometrical problems on the soft surface of the River Barrow towpath on their way home from school. Tyndall's scientific legacy is quite incredible. One of his most notable climatic discoveries was to determine scientifically why the sky is blue. From 1872 to 1873, Tyndall spent a year travelling the east coast of the USA, raising funds to establish the first research facilities in the four Ivy League universities, Yale, Harvard, Columbia and Penn State today's research heritage. President Ulysses S. Grant attended Tyndall's lecture in Washington, D.C. Two American towns are called after John Tyndall, the name being adopted in South Dakota and Ohio following his 1872 lecture tour of the USA. Martin Nevin and Randall Dempsey also point to other Carlo connections to the United States which could swing a presidential visit. Pierce Butler, 1744-1822, who was born into an aristocratic family in County Carlow, went to America as a 14-year-old and subsequently became an army officer. 
After the American Revolution, he was one of the architects of the American Constitution and a signatory of that historic document signed in Philadelphia in 1787. Butler came up with the concept of the U.S. Electoral College, the group of presidential electors required by the Constitution to form every four years for the sole purpose of electing the president and vice president. Butler could list future American presidents George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Monroe and James Madison among his contemporaries. His contribution to America is seen as a strong connection between the USA and County Carlo. Another connection put forward is the place in American military history of Miles Keough, 1840-1876, a native of Orchard House, Lachlan Bridge, County Carlo, second in command to General George Armstrong Custer at the Battle of Little Bighorn, Montana, on the 25th of June, 1876. For his bravery, Keough ranks highest in the pantheon of the 7th Cavalry's dead heroes. He died fighting the Sioux and Cheyenne Indians in what is known as Custer's Last Stand. Kyo's horse, Comanche, was the only survivor of the cavalry regiment from the battlefield. Then there is the connection to Carlo of Walt Disney, the American pioneer of animation pictures. Disney's Irish ancestry was important to the man who created one of the world's most successful film corporations, and the great man himself visited Carlo in the early 1930s. There are three Disney tombstones in Clonmelish Cemetery, family members having obtained land tenancies near Ballyloo Castle. In 1843, brothers Robert and Arudal Disney, Walt's great-grandfather, left for New York, settling later in Ontario. Walt Disney, who won a record 20 Oscars, was frequently quoted as saying, This all started with a dream and a mouse. The last link between the USA and County Carlow provided by Martin Nevin and Randall Dempsey surrounds Robert Watchorn. Born in Alfreton, Derbyshire, England in 1859, Robert's parents were John and Alicia, Nee Hogan, Watchorn, from the Lachlan Bridge area of County Carlow. Robert Watchorn was a coal miner, trade union leader and philanthropist who rose to the position of Immigration Commissioner at Ellis Island, New York, which earned him the name the Gatekeeper to America. He was most compassionate to immigrants from all over the world who had to pass through Ellis Island on their way to a new life in the United States. He later held the position of Immigration Commissioner on the US-Canada border. Watchorn amassed a large fortune through his involvement in the oil and coal industries. In Redlands, California, where Watchorn maintained a home, he built the Abraham Lincoln Shrine in memory of his son Emery Ewart Watchorn, who died on the 10th of July 1921. Robert Watchorn generously supported the University of Redlands, and following his death, a fine arts building known as the Richard Watchorn Music Hall was erected by the university authorities. All told, Martin and Randall feel they have made the strongest case for Joe Biden to put Carlo on his list, if and when he decides to visit his antecedents in counties Louth and Mayo. Let there be light. The Carlo man behind Ireland's rural electrification scheme. Article by Charlie Keegan. This year marks the 75th anniversary of the ESB's electrification of rural Ireland, 
and it's an appropriate time to reflect on the hugely significant contribution of one man to that major national innovative scheme, the late Patrick, Paddy or PJ, Dowling, from Linkardstown, Tin Ryland. He was honoured in 1999 as County Carlow Personality of the 20th Century. Born in 1904, Paddy was educated in Tin Ryland National School and at Clongo's Wood College, County Kildare, before entering the College of Science in Dublin. A high academic achiever, he was awarded bronze, silver and gold medals for mathematics during his college years. Having obtained an honours degree in electrical and mechanical engineering, Paddy Dowling joined the ESB, being among the first 11 engineers employed by the board. Initially, he was working on the building of urban electricity distribution networks for the new Shannon Hydroelectric Scheme at Ardnacrusha, County Clare. This was followed by work periods in Athlone, Dublin City and ESB head office, mostly working on consumer problems. His command of engineering economics and his analytical ability involved him in various investigations with his colleague, Dr. Tom McLaughlin. The ESB was established on the 11th of August 1927 and the early priority in terms of electrification of the country was the connecting of all the country's major towns to the ESB grid supplied with electricity from the Shannon scheme. It was quite apparent to Paddy Dowling and to his regret that nothing was happening about bringing electricity to the rural areas. To that end, Paddy spoke on the matter to his cousin, Jim Hughes, a Fine Gael TD for Carlo Kilkenny, who was Shadow Minister for Agriculture. The progressive farmer and TD from Fennis Court Bagnallstown asked of Paddy, Give me the ammunition. Armed with the necessary information, he raised the matter in Doyle Airn. The concept caught the attention of then Minister for Industry and Commerce and future Taoiseach, Sean Lamass. The project took off from there. Lamass wrote to the ESB in 1939 requesting the board to prepare plans to supply rural Ireland with electricity. A detailed investigation was undertaken, directed by Tom McLaughlin along with two assistants, Paddy Dowling and Alphonsus McManus. But the outbreak of World War II on the 1st of September 1939 meant the immediate plans for rural electrification were put on ice. Nonetheless, a report on the plan was completed and delivered to the Department of Industry and Commerce by the 22nd of December 1942. Rural electrification was approved by government in August 1943 and by October of the following year, Paddy Dowling was given one month to report on how the scheme could be organised and implemented. Having read about the electrification of Dumfries in Scotland, Paddy put forward a comprehensive set of organisational proposals for the Rural Electrification Scheme, most of which were subsequently adopted. In doing so, he had consulted all the district engineers and obtained many useful suggestions including a very thoughtful and valuable contribution from the district engineer of Cork City, W.F. Rowe, a Kilkenny native, who was now to become Paddy's immediate chief. The Rowe-Dowling partnership, formed in 1945, was to survive through a quarter of a century, until both men retired from the ESB almost simultaneously in 1969. 
Rural electrification was the largest undertaking since the country's railway network had, a century earlier, been the brainchild of another Carlow man, William Dargan. The first pole of the Rural Electrification Scheme was erected at Kilsallahan, County Dublin, on the 5th of November 1946, where Paddy Dowling was among the small gathering. It was to be a long journey to the erection of the millionth pole and the connection of the National Electricity Network of well over 400,000 rural households in 792 areas. The poles were supplied to the ESB from Finland, and the four largest Finnish companies which produced the poles pooled their resources to supply the Irish needs to get the project done. The second area to be selected nationally was Patrick's Well County Limerick, followed by Inishkara County Cork, and then came Tinryland Carlow, which was connected in May 1947. No doubt Paddy Dowling had a say in that early development. Rural electrification is the subject of a splendid book by Michael J. Scheele, the title of the book is The Quiet Revolution, subtitled The Electrification of Rural Ireland, 1946-1976. The publication describes rural electrification as the greatest social and economic revolution in rural Ireland since the Land War. It contains an entertaining and detailed account of a quiet revolution that transformed the lives of rural dwellers. It tells of the plans, financing, organisation, materials, problems, celebrations and contribution of the many different people who made the project possible. It brings the spirit of the times to life and recaptures the enthusiasm and sense of awe that greeted this new source of energy and the beginning of modern life in Ireland. And at the heart of that programme of modernity was Carlo Mann Paddy Dowling of Linkardstown Carlow.